It looks like those woke corporations are learning their lessons. Kids can now get into trouble for using proper English and, of course, everything is racist. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Now, before we get into the main news stories that I have today, we have to first look at the new White House press secretary, Karen Jean-Pierre, who did her first solo press conference yesterday. And we can sit back and look at her and compare her to Jen Psaki and compare her to the Kaylee McEnany and all of the other press secretaries and see how she actually did. Well, let's put it to the put put it to you this way. Um, yeah, it didn't go so hot. Now, the first thing we do, the first clip we have to point out is how she meets all of the uh, intersectional standards, and she's proud of that. I mean, she's proud of the fact that she was hired because she's black, because she's gay, because she's an immigrant. She wasn't necessarily, which seems kind of racist to me, she wasn't hired because she's competent or would be good at the job, she was hired because of what she is. So, but th- that seems to be no problem for her. So, here's her introduction of herself, which made her, she obviously thinks she's pretty awesome. Listen. A few words about how honored I am to be here with all of you today uh, in this role, in this room, standing behind this podium. I am obviously acutely aware uh, that my presence at this podium uh, represents a few firsts. Uh, I am a black gay immigrant woman the first of all three of those to hold this position. I would not be here today if it were not for generations of barriers, barrier-breaking people before me. I stand on their shoulders. If if it were not for generations of barrier-breaking people before me, I would not be here. But um, I benefit from their sacrifices. I have learned from their excellence, and I am forever grateful to them. Representation does matter. You hear us us say this uh, often in this administration, and no one understands this better than President Biden which is why his administration is not only the most diverse in history, it is filled with barrier-breaking women and men, from the vice president to the cabinet secretaries, uh, to his Supreme Court nominee, to senior staff throughout this administration. Okay, yay? I mean, he may have a real diverse administration, but if we take a look at what's happening in the country, um, it wasn't, nothing is great happened, nothing great is happening in the country right now so i mean i'm glad it's a diverse administration but i mean gas price still six dollars a gallon here in california but the question is now is she going to be a good i i I get you're black you're gay and you're an immigrant but are you going to be a good press secretary well, we got some answers thanks to that racist Peter Ducey from that racist news network, Fox News. And the reason I'm saying that is because she called Fox News racist. And because Peter Ducey belongs to Fox News, she he's got to be racist. Well, as you can imagine, Peter Ducey wasn't going to throw her any softball questions on her first day. And my God, he didn't. And we can see, we can see that this is going to be a rough ride for Miss... Uh, 
for Miss Jean-Pierre. Okay, here he is. Here's Peter Ducey asking about how raising taxes on corporations is going to lower inflation. And I do have to give her some credit. Jean-Pierre has learned from Jen Psaki. Here she is trying to answer this question. The president's Twitter account posted the other day, you want to bring down inflation, let's make sure the wealthiest corporations pay their fair share. How does raising taxes on corporations reduce inflation? Um, so, are you talking about a specific tweet? He tweeted, you want to bring down inflation, let's make sure the wealthiest corporations pay their fair share. Look, you know, we have talked about, um, we have talked about this this past year, uh, about um, making sure that the wealthiest among us are paying their fair share. Um, and that is important to do, and uh, that is something that, uh, you know, the president has been, you know, working on uh, every day when we talk about inflation and lowering costs. And so it's very important uh, that, uh, you know, as we're seeing costs rise, uh, as we're talking about how to, you know, uh, you know build a, a, a America that's safe, uh, that's equal for everyone and doesn't leave everyone behind, that is an important part uh, of that as well. You know, I thought it was kind of the press secretary's job to know what the president said on Twitter. I mean, it's not really hard to figure it out. You open Twitter and you look. I know she's got a Twitter account. But the the what specific tweet question that Jump here asks, yeah, that's not a that's not a I didn't don't know what the president said. That's a oh shoot, I have to answer this question and I've got to think of a good answer for it. And, you know, she would have come, that would have been a great answer if she had only answered the question. So again, word salad. She's learning from Jen Psaki. Just say lots of words and hope that maybe one of those words hits Peter Ducey and he's happy with the answer. And as you might expect, the racist Peter Ducey was not satisfied with the answer, and he decided he's going to have none of this. He asks her again, but she, he babies it a little bit. He, yeah, okay, you know, let me say this slowly and really detailed question, because apparently you can't answer that question. So answer that question. So he does, and he, and her answer, well, listen. Well, but how does? Raising taxes on corporations lower the cost of gas, the cost of a used car, the cost of food for everyday Americans. So look, I think we encourage those who have done very well, right, especially those who care about climate change uh, to support a fair ta tax code that doesn't change, that doesn't charge manufacturers, workers, cops, builders a higher percentage of their earnings, that the most fortunate people in our nation and not let this, this, that stand in the way of reducing energy costs and fighting this ex existential problem, if you think about that as an example. Now, you may notice she's kind of tripping over her words a little bit. That's because she's reading the answer to the question. This is ex She looks like what I was like in sixth grade when my mother said, you need to read, you need to look up and, and look at the eyes of the person you're talking to. She's got her head down reading the answer. And by the way, again, the 300 words she used, we could actually sum up her entire answer, which was, again, not an answer. She never answered the question, but we could sum it up in two words. Climate 
change. That's what she basically said. We need to solve climate change, so we need to tax rich people. And they need to, quote, pay their fair share, end quote, which is a complete load of crap because they already pay most of their fair share. They pay more than their fair share. They pay more taxes than I do, I can tell you that. But Ducey wasn't finished with this broad. Here he is asking why Joe Biden didn't go to Waukesha during a, uh, because of a black supremacist attack that killed six people during a Christmas parade, but he's going to Buffalo to address a white supremacist attack. And by the way, I don't think that's a that's a I don't think it's a bad question. Listen. And then just one on the trip tomorrow. How come the president is visiting Buffalo after a senseless tragedy there, but he couldn't visit Waukesha after six were killed and 61 injured in an attack on a Christmas parade there? I mean, he's visited many communities. Buffalo. He was, we, you know, he was. He's able to go tomorrow to Buffalo uh, uh, before the trip. That is something that was important for him to do. But he has visited many, uh, many other communities. This is not Buffalo is not the first community, sadly, that he has to go up to uh, because of a violent attack. So, you know, that's not that's not the first one. So he's been to many others. Again, that answer leaves me with another question. Okay. Why didn't he go to Waukesha? He went to a lot of other communities? Could you name them, please? Why didn't he go to Waukesha? Yeah, this pre press conference did not go well. And I, I know Peter Ducey was the one that laid the hammer, but there were a bunch of other press that asked her questions that she didn't answer. And by the way, with Ducey's question about Waukesha, she didn't even let him ask a follow-up question. She went to someone else. What a shocker. Oh, my God. Maybe Biden shouldn't hire someone because she's black, gay, and an immigrant. And maybe he should have hired someone that's competent. I don't know. Hey. Well, it looks like big corporations have finally gotten the message. Uh, bid entertainment comp uh, I bet entertainment companies might be getting this message after the Disney debacle. Well, wait a minute. In case, in this case, it involves Netflix and their stock, which has dropped something like 50% in the last, or 70% in the last year. So maybe the 500 or the 300 subscribers they lost in the last couple of months had something to do with Netflix saying, hey, uh, we need to stop doing this thing that we're doing. And what's that thing? allowing woke politics to control everything. Okay, Variety reports. Netflix loves to tout its culture of avoiding rules and minimizing corporate red tape. But of course, the company does have operating guidelines famously detailed in Netflix culture document posted on its website. Co-founder Reed Hastings even wrote a 2020 book elaborating on the principles titled No Rules Rules. Netflix and the culture of reinvention. Now Netflix is publishing an update to its corporate memo, culture memo, for the first time in nearly five years, a copy of which Variety obtained exclusively ahead of the release Thursday. The last major update was in 2017, when it distilled Hastings' original 125-slide presentation from 2009, which has been viewed more than 21 million times. Well, you know, how woke of them. They've got an actual culture thing 
That's great. Uh, so, continuing with the article, the core principles of the Netflix culture memo include empowering employee decision-making, requiring candid feedback, and terminating staffers who aren't up to dream team snuff. Remain intact. So that stuff's all there. But there are some key changes. For starters, the document has a new title, Netflix Culture Seeking Excellence. Previously, it was simply called Netflix Culture. More significantly, the document adds a new directive for employees to act with fiscal responsibility, a change that comes as Netflix saw Q1 decline in subscribers in more than a decade. The updated Netflix culture memo also includes a new section called, quote, artistic expression, end quote, explaining that the streamer will not quote, censor specific mm -hmm. artists or voices, end quote, even if the employee considers the con content, quote, harmful, end quote, and bluntly states, quote, if you find it hard to support our content breadth, Netflix may not be the best place for you, end quote. This is a big deal. Don't forget, this is the streaming platform that has Obama's advisor, Susan Rice on the board of directors and gave a multi-million dollar contract to the Obamas to produce crap that no one watches. They're also making a series right now about a pregnant man. Do you wonder why people are actually being turned off by Netflix? But well, politics has killed them. They've lost a ton of subscribers in the last couple of months. Their stock is down 40% over the last year. What's worse, people today actually have a ton of options. I dropped Netflix about six months ago. I haven't missed it. I have Amazon Prime. I have uh, YouTube TV. I, I don't need Netflix. If I want Netflix, I'll watch it when Josie watches it. But it's crap. There's nothing in there I want to I see. That's, by the way, that's what's really great about this. It shows that people and the market have ultimate power. It shows that stakeholder capitalism isn't what it's going to keep a company successful. It's going to be shareholder capitalism. The shareholders, you know, the guys who actually give their money to invest in Netflix, they're the ones that hold the power over the company. I think I have a great cliche, money talks and BS walks. Well, if you're letting BS run your company, the money, it's going to walk. We still haven't seen what's happened to Disney. I can't wait to see what's going to happen to Disney because I know their subscriptions have dropped like a rock, which is why they're sitting back and telling employees to stop talking about the parental uh, the parental rights in education bill or the don't say gay bill, which is what the left is calling it. Yeah, they're going to take it in the butt when the quarter, when the quarter, uh, when the quarter profits come in. And then they're going to have to, they're going to have to sit there and not talk to the employees about it. They're going to have to talk to the shareholders about it. Now, this story I find amazing, but I don't find particularly shocking, okay? According to Fox News, quote, three Wisconsin boys are facing sexual harassment charges from their middle, from their middle school 
over accusations they used the incorrect gender pronouns on a fellow student. Yep, that's right. They didn't call this student they, them. They called him he, her, he, him, or her, she. I don't even know the gender of the student. I don't even know the sex gender of the student, which is absolute, doesn't change. Apparently, this is what happened. This kid decided to change his or her pronouns. Again, I don't know the gender of the kid. Uh, Change his or her pronouns last month. And apparently this one kid, uh, uh, his name, his last name is Rabideau. I don't have his actual name. But he accidentally used the wrong pronoun. He actually, no, I'm sorry. He used the right pronoun. But it was a pronoun that this kid didn't like. And this guy, gal, whatever, started yelling. I, I think it's a gal started yelling at him. Two other boys, because this kid was kind of an introvert, two other boys came up and started defending this kid and yelling at her. All three boys got nailed for sexual harassment. So the mother of this kid who got, you know, basically bullied, said this, quote, I received a phone call from the principal over at the elementary school for warning me, letting me know that I was going to be receiving an email with sexual harassment allegations against my son. I immediately went into shock. I'm thinking sexual harassment? That's rape. That's inappropriate touching. That's incest. I don't know why she'd think incest is in a school, but yeah, just go with it. It's kind of like why uh, Bluto sat back and said, whoa, did we quit when the Germans attacked Pearl Harbor? Okay, yeah, all right. That's not a thing, but whatever. Uh, what has my son done? That's what she asked. Um, by the way, yeah, and it wasn't any of that. A little thing about this kid. The kid is a straight-A student. He's introverted. He's quiet. I saw him on television. He was actually on Fox News. He's the typical nerd. He did not want anything to do with being on television. As a matter of fact, when he was asked a question, he looked down and, and read the answer. So this kid, to be honest with you, it's kind of mean that his mother actually took him on Fox News in the first place. I, I, I don't agree with her there. But Rabideau, the mom, was right. Title IX defines harassment as like rape, inappropriate touching, incest, uh, making someone sleep with you to get better grades, crap like that. That. This had nothing to do with that. This kid was 13 years old and used the wrong pronoun that a kid that another kid defined last month. Brad L. Ebert, uh, the school's district superintendent, did release a statement. He said, quote, the KASD prohibits all forms of bullying and harassment in accordance with all laws, including Title IX, and will continue to support all students regardless of race, color, religion, national origin, ancestry, creed, pregnancy, marital status, parental status, sexual orientation, sex, including transgender status, change of sex or gender identity, or physical, mental, emotional, and learning disability. Protected classes. <sighs> In any of its student programs and activities, this is consistent with the school board policy. 
We do not comment on any student uh, matters. Here's the problem with the statement. Who's being bullied here? It sounds to me that this Rabideau kid is being bullied. Because he used the proper pronouns for some kid? That he, he sat back and called the kid a her instead of a they? That's the other thing. That's the pronouns that this kid did, they and them. She wanted to be called they and them. I'm assuming it's a girl because I, I seem to remember reading about it somewhere. Those are plural pronouns that are used to define multiple individuals, not a single individual. Multiple people, not a single individual. This kid is being condemned for using the correct English and his future is at stake. Absolutely incredible. Makes you wonder what these schools are teaching. Well, the good news is he has a lawyer. I honestly believe one of the reasons that the principal sent the email to the mother before he sent the sexual harassment claim was because, hey, uh, he may not agree with this. And this was just a way for her to start dealing with this problem. Because this claim could hurt this kid's future. No one seems to care. No one cares. 13 years old, let him... Well, she is dealing with it. Apparently, the three students all have lawyers. They're all going to deal with this. They don't want that. They want this completely wiped up. They want this complaint thrown away. And they should. I mean, this is a straight A student. And this was obviously not done on purpose. So, question. Do you still think homeschooling is a bad idea? Well, maybe the article I'm going to read you in a second will convince you that homeschooling is a terrible idea. Let's go through that. This article is was released by MSNBC, and it's an op-ed, and it's talking about homeschooling being racist and pro-religion and all this stuff. It's called How the Conservative Christian Right is Hijacking Homeschooling by a Neat. Anthea Butler. I think that's what her name is. So let's go through it. And I, I want you to, to, when you listen to this, see if there are things that are missing in this article or just maybe a tad misleading. So here we go. Quote, public education has become public enemy number one, end quote. The actor Kirk Cameron opines in a promotion for, quote, the homeschooling awakening, end quote. His documentary scheduled to hit theaters in June. The documentary, funded by the Trinity Broadcasting Network and Cameron's own CamFam Studios, argues that parents should be homeschooling their children in the wake of the pandemic. However, as Cameron's quote indicates, this latest project of conservative evangelical education is another salvo in the ongoing evangelical war against public schools. Now, pay attention to the language when I read this. Notice that she talks about the attack on public schools? This is the opening paragraph. To be a real work of journalism, she should also talk about the conflicts that are being fought on both sides. 
right off the bat, she's saying there is an attack by one side, and the other side is a peaceful golden lamb. Continuing, it should come as no surprise that evangelicals, fundamentalists, and other religious conservatives have fought against public education since the U.S. Supreme Court's 1954 decision in Brown versus the Board of Education. The prospect of integrated schools led to the creation of, of many segregation ac academies, private schools designed to keep African-American children and undesirable immigrant groups away from the white children. But there was another, more insidious way to circumvent, home, circumvent, uh, circumvent integration, homeschooling. That's right. Religious conservatives are racist. First off, um, the people that pushed the Jim Crow laws were all Democrats. They were all leftists. And second off, um, no, there were religious schools long before Brown versus the Board of Education. And Brown versus, Bo versus the Board of Education actually made it that you could have a religious school, you'd still have to take black people into the religious school. So all of this stuff that she's saying right here is just a flat-out lie. She obviously doesn't know Brown versus the Board of Education. Okay, continuing. One of the main purveyors of homeschooling was fundamentalist Rusas Roshiduni, who worked beginning whose work beginning in the 1960s established establishing Christian day schools grew into the homeschooling movement. He saw the homeschooling as a way to cut the government out of educate, educating Christian children and to prepare them to take their place in a theocratic government. That's a real stretch. Julie Inser, In, Ingersoll, author of Building God's Kingdom Inside the World of Christian Reconstruction, says Rushiduni was one of the intellectual godfathers of the religious right, but he is often treated like a crazy uncle. Crazy or not, homeschooling materials inspired Rushduni's theology are on sale today to parents who homeschool in America, and many of those materials reach parents during their pandemic. Cameron's documentary promoting homeschooling is not an aberration. It is part of a larger project about dismantling the public education system in the United States. So it's a conspiracy. Now, mind you, you can, if you're homeschooling your kid, you can read Rusha Dooney's book or not. It doesn't make any difference. As a matter of fact, one of my points in this article is you don't have to, you can have a sec, you can teach your kid a secular education. You don't have to, homeschooling does not mean it's automatically religious education. But she doesn't say that. I know they hate Rush Dooney's work. And I know his books haven't been banned. And this has leftists really upset. Maybe if Rusha Dooney actually stuck some porn in his book, you know, talked about dildos and masturbation and things like that, they'd be okay. And th those books would probably be in the school libraries. But again, Rusha Dooney's books, because they're Christian, they're not hateful. They haven't been banned. And they haven't been banned because all they talk about is how to create a Christian education. But Christianity is bad. Continuing, this dismantling has taken shape over the years in various ways. In segregation academies and school vouchers and attempts to dismantle the U.S. Department of Education. And even former President Donald Trump's appointment of Bessie DeVos to lead the department. Now that her time in government is done, DeVos is 
speaking at homeschooling conventions to promote homeschooling and to disparage critical race theory and other detriments. I love the way they just can't get away from Trump. Betsy DeVos has been gone for two, for two, for two years now, and they still have to talk to her. Now, the other thing, school vouchers? That's racist? Segregation academies? We have segregated academies in this country? Pretty sure we don't. Brown versus the Board of Education made that very clear. But school values again doesn't don't those allow don't those policies allowing parents to choose what school kids can go to isn't that a good thing? Isn't it a good thing to allow parents to control the directions of their children's education? Isn't the freedom to choose by parents a good thing? Well, no, it's not. And it's more re- there's there are more reasons than the teachers' unions don't like school vouchers. I mean, the teachers in the teachers' unions have to actually prove that they're good teachers. Because don't forget, unions no meritocracy in unions. You belong to a union. You're a teacher for life. Outside of having sex with one of your students, you will never leave the teaching profession. And I thought schools weren't teaching critical race theory. Have the public schools been lying to us, you think? I mean, why did she even bring up critical race theory? We've been told over and over. We know that's not true. We know they're teaching it. But we've been told over and over again they're not. Continuing, Cameron's documentary further furthers the long-term goal of America's religious conservatives to dismantle the public school system by promoting homeschooling, an idea that grew in popularity during the pandemic among parents who wanted to make sure their children kept up academically and avoided the coronavirus. According to a report from the U.S. Census Bureau in the fall of 2020, 11.1% of parents said that their children were homeschooled, compared to 5.4% that spring. Some of that increase may be attributed to black parents and other diverse groups who are now finding homeschooling as an attractive alternative. Yet some parents have expressed frustration with conservative Christian materials for homeschooling, wow, which drive the current marketplace. The other professional educators have issued dire warnings about homeschooling, including issues regarding the lack of oversight and the increased potential for child abuse. Here's the thing. I want to dismantle the public school system, too. I want the system to become far more privatized and funded by the communities. I don't want the government, especially the federal government, running public schools. You know why? Government sucks at everything they do, and they do have a tendency to teach the children what they want the children, what they want the children to know. In other words, indoctrinate the children. I want parents and communities to control the education. But this is not what Doc Cameron's documentary does. He's just showing the problems in a secularist school system and encourages parents to go in a different direction. And again, all of the religious material is not necessary when homeschooling your child. You can homeschool them in religion or not. It's up to you. There are a set of standards that need to be followed, but those standards have nothing to do with religion. The se- second thing I want to point out is the doubling of children being homeschooled. She doesn't mention why this is happening. Could it be because 
their kids have been stuck at home for two years and the teachers never want to go back to school? That maybe the teachers don't give a damn about the students and their well-being? Because it looks like the schools just don't care about the kids or their well-beings. And that's what makes her her talk about lack of oversight and increased potential for child abuse so asinine. By the way, why is it teachers think they are the guardians of the children? They're not. They don't care about the children. It's a job. You can see it on TikTok all the time when the teachers talk. They don't care about the kids. They care about the indoctrination. That's all it is. Could it be that the parents have seen what their kids have are being taught in the last two years? Or worse, what they're not being taught. Math, English, science, history. And maybe the parents have decided, well, we could probably do better? Notice she just skips over the fact that blacks are also leaving the public school system. Now, she's in this article already twice she's called this racist. Yet the blacks are also acknowledging that maybe this is not the best system for us. She just kind of steamrolls over that part. Never talks about it again. Okay, continuing. Cameron's homeschooling documentary comes at a time of contentious debate about critical race theory, LGBTQ issues, transgender children, and Florida's don't say gay law. Like the documentary itself, those new laws are designed to weaken already debilitated public school systems that are dealing with limited funding, staffing, and violence issues. Attempts by religious conservatives to prohibit certain subjects deemed dangerous or inappropriate are not new, but they are Com- now coming at a multi- in multiple waves across the country. Fantastic, it should. Parents should be concerned about what kids are, are learning in school. And by the way, why is there these debates over, um, over critical race th- theory, LGBTQ issues, transgender children, or Florida's don't say gay law, which isn't called don't say gay law, it's called the parental rights in education. Why are there debates? I thought critical race theory, critical gender theory, they weren't being taught in schools. They keep telling us that. Well, guess what? They are. And they are all but admitting it. Could it be that they are teaching this crap and parents don't want this? And that they're not telling parents they're teaching this? And parents want more control of their education? Could, could that have something to do with it? Continuing... A last paragraph. Um, homeschooling may be a greater appeal now because of these debates and the desire for parents to play a big part in their children's educational life. Duh. She never mentions that or in the article. It may also arise out of the pandemic concerns, but parents unfamiliar with existing networks of homeschooling run the danger of being drawn into Christian conservative networks and theocratic teachings. I'd like to know how. I'd like to know how. You when you when you homeschool your children, you're giving a curriculum. You're given a curriculum by the state, by the counties. Your children have to meet goals. I know this. I, I've looked it up. It's not like nowhere in it does it say you have to teach religion. Maybe parents are religious and they want their kids to have some sort of moral base. That the schools are obviously not teaching. Cameron says that people choosing homeschooling are having an awakening. 
That's true. But the public school public needs to awaken to the reality that public schools may disappear if they if with his extreme beliefs have their way. Good. <laughs> I'm good with that. Okay, there are some things about this article that really bothered me, and I, I've mentioned a couple of them. It condemns the religious, religious right, but it does not actually defend the public schools. It makes it out that the public schools are this meek little institution that is being attacked by those evil religious people, and that's not the case. And it's not just the religious that see that. It's the non-secular that see that, too. That's why they're pulling them out of the schools. They are forcing ideologies and philosophies on the kids. I mean, forcing it like to the point that kids are being sent home for using the wrong uh, pronouns. We got more on that tomorrow. Kids are being forced to read basically pornography and forced to understand it. So it is always in this in this article, it doesn't talk about any of that stuff. It only talks about the poor school system being attacked by those evil religious people. Now, the article implied a couple of times that racism is the is the reason for homeschooling, but it never explains why blacks are leaving the public school system too. Matter of fact, I got to be honest with you, I'm shocked they even put that line in there because that line probably was the big red flag in the entire article. Oh, wait, it's racism to homeschool your kids, but blacks are leaving? What does that tell you? It doesn't bring up any debate points. It doesn't talk about the argument against critical race theory or the argument against critical gender theory. It doesn't talk about any of that. The article doesn't even deny that it's not being taught. Usually, that's what will happen. They'll deny, oh, it's not even being taught. Well, it is being taught. We know it's being taught. She knows it's being taught. But she doesn't say, well, this is why I don't like critical race theory. Why didn't she quote a parent who wants to homeschool their kids? Why doesn't she quote a parent about critical gender theory and why it's inappropriate? That quote, don't say gay bill, the parental rights in education bill. 70% of people in Florida agree with it. That includes Democrats. It also assumes something that I, I really think we are forgetting here. It assumes kids are actually learning something. Right now, the country is near the bottom when it comes to public education. Kids don't know math. Kids don't know history. Kids don't know English. Kids don't know how to write. It assumes the public schools are doing a fine job at that. They're not. Look at Baltimore. We're 90 5% of their kids, 93% of the kids that are leaving the Baltimore public schools can't read? I'd be really concerned about that. And look at the Los Angeles public school district. I know that for a fact. That one's a disaster. It doesn't mention any of the benefits of homeschooling. Or the negatives of the public school system. Again, the public school system is the attacked babe. It, it, it nothing is wrong with them. Well, here's here's an advantage of homeschooling. You could basically get an entire day of schooling done, six to seven hours of schooling done in about an hour and a half to two hours a day. Schools waste all schools, public, private. It doesn't make any difference. They waste a lot of time during the day. 
Think about how much time schools waste just going from classroom to classroom. You eliminate that crap in a homeschool environment. Kids can concentrate directly on their work, get a certain amount of work a day, and probably be done by about 10.30. Their, their day is done. Maybe they have to do some reading or some research or some homework later. But essentially, it does save a lot of time. And she assumes that homeschooling actually requires a religious education. It doesn't. Again, if you want your kid to have a high school diploma or an elementary diploma or a middle school diploma, if you want your kid to go to college, which, again, that's another debate because I've already said colleges are a waste, you have to follow a curriculum. Your kids have to meet certain goals. They have to take tests. It's completely up to you if you want to add a religious education to it. But the worst thing about this article is she's demonizing religion again. Another reason why parents should pull their kids out of schools and homeschool them. Because religion doesn't need to be demonized. There's enough demonization of religion on television with the media. They should really just stay out of the religion. They, they've made it very clear that religion is not allowed in schools. Well, then keep it completely out. Don't demonize it either. Public schools are not about teaching math and reading anymore. They're not. They're not even about teaching history. They're about indoctrinating kids into some of the most perverse philosophies on the planet Earth. Philosophies that could not, that could not only pervert your kids, but are made to destroy the nuclear family itself. Need proof? Just subscribe to Libs of TikTok on Twitter or sign up for their, uh, their, their uh, newsletter. You will hear teachers actually tell you this. Yes, and you can expect those teachers are going to have blue hair and their face filled with piercings. That's how these people become teachers, I don't know. Parents are getting it and... That's why homeschool has doubled in the last two years. One in ten children are now being homeschooled. And by the way, not just by, not just white kids. Black kids too. As time goes by, I expect uh, that this, this number is going to go a lot higher. Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Find my, find my account uh, on Rumble. I do have a brand new video out. It's only 40 seconds long and I don't even talk. So you should love the video. I hope you had a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is, and trust me, I've gotten more. I haven't even covered what I found this weekend yet. Wow. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics.